0: corner brooks andrew abbas may get his public hearing kingston driver has car seized after going so fast you'll have to wait to hear the details in a few minutes it's unbelievable The Feds are renegotiating Canada's free trade deal with Ukraine and Poland's far right may be out of power, but the path to undoing their program is long and full of obstacles. Good morning, it's Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. We start this morning with the story of Andrew Abbas and buckle up because unless you're in Newfoundland and Labrador, you've probably never heard of this case before and it is wild. He's trying to get a public hearing into a shocking case of police misconduct, something that the police have tried to stop through the courts. Abbas was illegally detained by the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary, which is what Newfoundlanders call their police force, and was forced into a psychiatric unit against his will in 2015. CBC's Ariana Kelland goes through the backstory. In 2014, Abbas tried to charge former Prime Minister Stephen Harper and John Baird, who was the Minister of Foreign Affairs, with inciting genocide against the Palestinian people. While the feds replied to the charge, the judge didn't agree to hear the case in 2017. This is the first time that Kelland says that Abbas found himself on police radar. But then on April 5th, 2015, Constable Joe Smythe shot and killed a man named Don Dumphy in his home. Smythe was a member of the premier's security detail. Now, this is a whole other story, which is also shocking. Dumphy was an injured worker who was frustrated with the province's worker compensation program, and he raged against the system online. One of his tweets convinced Smythe that Dumphy was a threat. Smythe decided to by himself show up at Dumphy's home and there he shot and killed Dumphy. Now Smythe claimed that the four bullets that he shot at Dumphy were shot in self-defense, something that Dumphy's family completely rejects. There's a lot more about the Dumphy case that you should look up but I'm adding this here as it's not actually in Kellen's article and you kind of need to know this backstory to understand the rest of Abbas's story. So back to Abbas. He was outraged by what happened to Dumphy. One day, hearing the premier on CBC radio saying that they would, quote, be cracking down on social media monitoring in the wake of Dumphy's shooting, unquote, Abbas became outraged that the premier would double down and attack free speech, considering that, of course, Dumpy's own free speech led to Smythe coming to his home and shooting and killing him so Abbas tweeted quote how about this premier of NL I'm going to bring down confederation and have politicians executed ready to have me shot coward Abbas said he was being intentionally antagonistic and he figured he'd be arrested well this tweet resulted in police sending four officers to Abbas's home in Cornerbrook. He was detained under the Mental Health Care and Treatment Act and spent six days at the psych ward of the Western Memorial Regional Hospital in Cornerbrook. He was never charged with a crime and he was never diagnosed with psychotic illness. After this, the RCMP searched Abbas's home over a tweet that they said threatened Stephen Harper, a tweet that had been sent before Dumphy was shot. They went through his things and found pot, which they used to charge Abbas and his girlfriend, who was pregnant at the time. Abbas got an absolute discharge from a judge. He then tried to challenge this detention. While a lower court judge dismissed his challenge, the Court of Appeal found that the decision had been incorrect. Here is what the decision from the three judges on the Court of Appeal said. if anger about political events and words of defiance to authorities are dealt with as signs of mental illness, a priori mental illness warranting involuntary committal, then our society is in a dangerous place. Such anger and defiance are characteristic of political dissent. As the history of authoritarian societies has taught us, confinement in a mental institution is a particularly insidious way of stifling dissent directly and through intimidation, unquote. But then during the inquiry into Dumphy's death, text messages between Smythe and another police officer named Tim Buckle that there was coordinated effort to harass Abbas. That's what Abbas said. In 2017, Judge Joel Boland dismissed Abbas complaints about Buckle and Smythe and their text messages saying that the texts were private and didn't support Abbas's conclusion. Anyway, This story goes on. Abbas appeals every single time that he hits a roadblock in the legal system to try and get some justice for having been involuntarily detained over tweets. And eventually, in October 2022, it finally looks as if Abbas might get his public hearing. Except Buckles' lawyers argued that they want a judicial review of the case, pushing the possibility of a public hearing even further down the road. At the end of the day, the fact that this has taken so long is a very bad look for the Newfoundland Royal Constabulary. Kelland talks to a law professor who says that these things shouldn't take more than a year, but it's pretty clear in this case that the police felt that they could act with total impunity. It also helps, of course, that Newfoundland is a small place, and politicians there and in other Atlantic Canada provinces act like little senior in their little fiefdom, as if they are untouchable, and police act accordingly. Though curiously at the end of the story one of the reasons mentioned for the delay in Abbas's cases was that Buckle was under investigation by Alberta's police review board ACERT. The details of the ACERT investigation were never made public and no charges against Buckle were ever laid. Calland reports Buckle has since retired. Now, from a story of a man who posed no actual threat to anyone to a story of a man who absolutely poses a threat to everyone, CTV's Ted Raymond is reporting that a man in Kingston, Ontario, was clocked at going... 252 kilometers per hour on Sunday morning. I'll say that again, 252 kilometers per hour. That's about 157 miles per hour for our American listeners. He was driving at 713 in the morning on the 401, which is a highway that is 100 kilometers per hour. Raymond reported that the only thing that stopped him was heavy traffic. He is facing many charges, including careless driving and stunt driving. His car was impounded for just two weeks. His license will be suspended for only 30 days. There's no info about the guy's name, though he is 40 years old and was driving some kind of sports car. I can't tell what kind because the image released by the OPP isn't very good, but they did release an image of the car being impounded. Why do I think that this is worth national news? Well, this guy should never be allowed to drive again. At that speed, any error made by anyone around this guy could have resulted in mass carnage. I hope that they name him and I hope he never drives again and he spends the rest of his days trying to reach 40 kilometers an hour on a bike. But it is so important for us to talk about the way that people drive so recklessly You know, if maybe, maybe 5% of the population are driving in a way that puts other people's lives in risk, that is enough people to kill and seriously maim others. And I think of folks like the Neville Lake family, three children and a grandfather who were killed by the son of one of Ontario's richest families as he was driving drunk. It's horrific and it's disgusting and we never have enough consequences for that kind of behavior in our car loving society. Next to federal politics, Global News' David Baxter is reporting that the Liberals are going to introduce new legislation to update a free trade agreement with Ukraine. Now, the negotiations were foreseen. When the agreement was signed in 2016 and took effect in 2017, it was promised that there would be a renegotiation, and this process is part of that. The notice for legislation was submitted by Mary Ng, who is the International Trade Commissioner, and the agreement is called KUFTA. In case you're looking for another ridiculous acronym today. The new agreement will include chapters on financial services, investment, temporary entry for business people and trade and gender. And updated sections include digital trade, anti-corruption provisions and government procurement. Of course, you must be wondering, what are we trading with Ukraine and what is Ukraine trading with us? Well, because of the war, Canada's exports to Ukraine have dropped by 31 percent. Trade between Ukraine and Canada is valued at more than $420 million, reports Baxter. That is good news for cross-country skiers and fencing people, as Ukraine makes a lot of sports equipment for both. But it is wartime, so it isn't much of a surprise that Canada's top exports included armored vehicles and their parts. We also export fish and seafood, pharmaceuticals, machinery, and, uh, okay, this one's weird, private donations. Private donations are considered a top export to Ukraine. To which I say, huh? Private donations? That's not a good... Anyway, in return, Canada imports animal and vegetable fats and oils, steel and electrical machinery. And finally, to Poland, where the Nationalist Party called the Law and Justice Party was just defeated in an election. Three opposition parties won enough seats to form government, though the Law and Justice Party got more seats total. The president of Poland remains Andrzej Duda. Politico reports that he is a former member of the Peace and Justice Party, which, by the way, abbreviates in Polish to the Piss Party. So I'll just call them the Piss Party. Duda will choose a leader to form government. If he does choose the piss party, and they can't form government, which it doesn't look like they can, Duda might be able to delay things, creating instability for a new government. He has 14 days to nominate a candidate, and then that person will have 14 days to win confidence in Parliament. Waiting for this to play out is a coalition of three groups, the Civic Coalition, the Third Way, and Left Parties. They have enough seats together to form government. And the leader of the Civic Coalition is a guy called Donald Tusk. Tusk has been Prime Minister before and is part of the centre-right European People's Party in the European Parliament. This might make it difficult to work with other parties who are more left-wing. The Third Way coalition is comprised of two parties and the left is comprised of three small groupings. So you can imagine the struggle Donald Tusk is going to have keeping these groups together. Duda remains in power until 2025 and until then he has a veto vote. Parliament can override his veto but they need three-fifths support, something that might be difficult with this coalition. And what's worse, the media in Poland might play a key role in undermining the new government. Here's how Political explains it. Quote, Poland's state media became Piss's propaganda arm, along with a chain of newspapers bought by state-controlled refiner Orlin, hammering Tusk as the traitorous, her Tusk more loyal to Germany than Poland. Not a lot of people in the media are likely to survive what's coming if the new government succeeds in its goal of shutting down the National Media Council, a body stuffed with piss loyalists that manages public media, unquote. And for international relations, Politico says that Brussels, Berlin and Kiev will be relieved by the vote. But things are likely to be more tense with Hungary. Hungary and Poland have a mutual defense pact. And folks, if I'm not pronouncing PIS properly, just let me know. Those are your headlines for Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Nora. Today is Sandy and Nora Day. So a new episode drops. It is a recording of our live show in Toronto. It's a wonderful conversation about politics right now. So you won't want to miss it. But clear your schedule because it's extra long with the Q&A portion. You are listening to this podcast at SandyAndNora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday.